Hi, this is Jill Burke, former Disney princess, actor, vocalist, voice teacher, and marathon runner. And you are listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 19 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. This week's episode is brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching, my life and personal development coaching business. If your life is out of balance or you feel like you're missing out on your purpose, visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories and let me help you discover and connect to your God-given purpose and value to build your life to achieve true success and meaning and to positively impact your world. I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Jill Burke last week. Today we delve into part two. In the previous episode, Jill shared with us how she started working at Disneyland, her time on the various Tomorrowland attractions before she moved into what she really wanted to do, being Jasmine as a newbie, surrounded by an experienced cast, and some extra fun she had in her last show, being Miss Anaheim in 1991 while also being a Disneyland cast member, performing at the El Capitan Theater, her two shows at Disney California Adventure, and more. This week, we talk about Jill's work as a clinician for Magic Music Days at Disneyland, doing special events, why she got started working for Disneyland, and why she started on Autopia, some of her most special memories working at the park and at the El Capitan, what it's like when you don't get the part, a tip for viewing the fireworks, what inspires her, why she started running marathons, her advice for following your dreams, and of course, the shameless plug time. We must have been getting closer to families heading into Disneyland for the Halloween party by this point, because there are a few extra instances of noisy people walking by. Again, I edited out as much as I could, but some of it's still there because, in my opinion, what Jill was sharing was just too valuable to lose, but the trade-off is extra noise. I do apologize for that. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. 
Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Now, you've done animazement, you're over in uh, DCA doing Chance to Shine in Group 66, mm-hmm. and you said during that time you were also a clinician for Magic Music Days? Yes. That, those kind of all overlapped right there, those three? Because when one show would close, I would go to stage management. So usually they didn't want you to cross, unless you're a sub, you could be a sub in one show and still do stage management, but once mm-hmm. I got hired on as like a regular couple of days a week, then you're obligated to that, and there wasn't too much cross-training. Okay. It's a union, non-union thing. Okay. As well. Sense. Yeah. So when I was doing stage management for like Magic Music Days and stuff, that wasn't AGVA, the entertainment union, so mm-hmm. there was just no complications, no, you know, conflicts. Okay. And so when a show would close, I'd call back MMD and be like, hey, um, show's done. Um, can you put me back on the schedule? <laughs> so that that's how that would close. Like, especially my longest period of time, I had done it, and then A Chance to Shine came out, and I got hired for a couple days. So then I was out of it for a while. Came back, I was doing stage management in 2002, got hired for Groove, then left stage management did Groove until it closed. Mm-hmm. When Groove closed in 2004, I went back to stage management all the way up until 2006. Wow. And at that time, that's when I was like, okay, I'm doing stage management here, a whole other whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, I want to be, a, if I can be a clinician. And they generally, they actually wanted us, the clinicians, to have done something else in the park. Okay. Like we had a girl that we were rehearsing the workshop with, the seminar. She ended up later becoming one of our ambassadors. Wow. Um, a, a couple other fellow performers. There was a genie. Genie okay. from uh, Hyperion. There was uh, some Deb Dans. Uh-huh. There was some, who else was there? Some other, mm-hmm. some other guys from um, character department. Okay. So we all had a different experience kind of in the entertainment uh-huh. department. And, oh, that's right. The girl that became our ambassador was a Tinkerbell. Really? The ones that fly wow. over. And so she has oh, stories. Oh, wow. And I'll tell you that. And that was another two and a half weeks of pure hysteria. I mean, imagine all those people in the room and uh-huh. trying to learn a workshop oh. for kids. <laughs> I mean, our stage manager at the time... It was, it was Whitney, and she, oh my God, she was just like, you guys are nuts, you know, and then she's like, are we getting any work done? I'm like, we are, we just can't stop laughing. Right. So I was really glad to do that, because that, oh, after teaching and doing shows with Vibration, formerly Groove, mm-hmm. and working with kids, it kind of opened up my mind to, this teaching thing could be cool, I think I can handle it. Uh-huh. And that was a whole other challenge. Right. You know, so with you, 90-minute workshop with whatever age. It could be middle school, it could be high school. And it would just be a tune-in seminar about basically how important music is put to a theme. Using the park as an example, how effective music can be 
for films, uh -huh. for atmosphere, how it's utilized through the park. Very interesting. At the same time, you're learning basic music theory and that kind of stuff. Right. And with games and such, and that was fun as hell. Very cool. Okay, and then that was ended up being kind of the last that thing that you last, did? That was the last, yeah, that was my last hurrah. Okay. Yeah, and so then I took a break right. after that. And then that was in 06. Yeah. So 89 to 06. Pretty, pretty, pretty consistently. There was some months in there, maybe no more than a year in between. 89 and 2006 that I have time off, but there was definitely gaps of time merely mm -hmm. because the show closed. I was doing a lot of cruise ships. Okay. So I go do a cruise ship, I come back, there's special events in there. Mm -hmm. I forgot all about this special event, and I think it's a kind of a standard special event show called Disney's Magical Dreams, and it's now posted on my Facebook page, and I forgot all about it, and I watched it today and went, I learned that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, with other people, totally. Um, Heather McMasters was the other mm -hmm. singer. Um, Victor Wallace, who's somewhere on Broadway right now, I think. You know, we got our four singers, and I remember learning it, and it's just little bits of music. The montage is in there. Mm -hmm. And I think that was filmed in either 2000 or 2001. That was just some special event squashed in there between downtime. Again, I'm watching it going, I don't remember learning that. Okay. I <laughs> Clearly I did. But... Clearly I did. Clearly I'm dancing around a lot. Wow. Okay. And clearly I'm the shortest person out there. Again. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, why do I look so little? <laughs> With big hair. Had pageant hair going off, though. So we were arguing about what year it was. And I'm like, no, 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 no. My hair's too big. It's like 2000. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's fun to watch. It's actually a combination of our cast, that special event, and another cast. Okay. And somebody blended it together, but it's just kind of a look at what special events are, really. Mm -hmm. Those are cool. You come in, you rehearse a couple weeks, do it. Hopefully you can get to do it a couple times, whatever a special event is. Mm -hmm. Those are always interesting. When Groove would be hired for special events, and those are always fun. Like... Um, couple when they bring the teams in for the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah. Then have a little special events, a DCA and the Rose Bowl, and, and it was just an easy group to bring in. Mm -hmm. It was just us, mobile, six mics, put us in some fluffy sweaters, and, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, with a big flag across our chest, and it was great. It was perfect. Right. Do a couple of songs. There's no rehearsal. I mean, we were ready-made. We are ready to go. Mm -hmm. So those are always fun. You know, oh yeah, throw us out in front of the castle and go do those couple of songs and whatever. Did a lot of Heritage Festival. Okay. Remember those? If um, yeah. A lot of the, always at the Festival Arena and all the schools. I forget what, if, Heritage Festival, a lot of awards or something. It, was be, it would be their awards ceremony late at night. Okay, yeah, I think I do remember that. Like 8.30 and 9 o'clock and then we, they'd use Groove and we'd come out and do that dit dit Mickey Mouse song. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and you're singing soprano. I'm like, oh god, it was so high, you know. <laughs> and oh yeah, they got stories on that one. They tried to teach us that one early on in Groove, and I just like panic attacked. I was like, it's it's too high. Now I look at it and go, big deal. <laughs> but the time it was, it was it gave me a heart attack. Right. But, yeah. but we grow. Right. I was gonna say you've grown a lot professional oh, since then. Oh, we grow. So. We learn to hide our fear more. Right. Maybe that's the biggest part. I mean, is it okay to be nervous? Sure. Yeah. Is it okay to show it? No. Right. Yeah. Don't show it. Somebody said, never let him see a sweat. Mm-hmm. Like, good. That was like rule number three for them. 
<laughs> I'm totally quoting somebody. And if anybody's going to listen to this, I'm purposely going to quote him. What was his first rule? Rule number one, always work it. <laughs> and then rule number two is if you ain't got it, work with what you got. <laughs> I like that one. And then rule number three was never let him see sweat. <laughs> and those are smart rules. They are. There. Number three was also used for a deodorant commercial, I think. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, is it sure? Or right, like, right guard or something? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, see, now you've ruined it for me. <laughs> now I have that vision. That's wrong. I to go cleanse. <laughs> the therapy will work. It's I fine. Know. I'm calling from Brio. <laughs> you ruined it for me. <laughs> All right, what's so, next? All right. So that's a lot of time working for Disney, obviously. It is. Um, what made you want to work for Disney in the first place? Of course, always as a child, seeing Disney stuff, getting all darned excited. I mean, mm. do you remember NBC back in the day? And they'd have, it'd be NBC Sunday nights, Walt Disney stuff. Oh, yeah. Squashed in with, what was it? Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom. Right. Okay, am I dating myself? Like, I remember that Sunday nights, but you see the castle and you're just like, oh my gosh in Disneyland and I freak out every time I'd hear Snow White singing I mean like literally really freak mm. out so kind of thought that always in the back of my mind and then I was my first year into college and I remember watching on the news it was like the month of April or so and they put it on the local news some little blurb about the happiest place on earth nobody wants to work there and I remember thinking what so of course I hang out and I watch the news mm -hmm. apparently at that time they had their lowest number of applicants ever wow i don't this did just i don't know what it was they just said they're experiencing a low number of applications like why don't people want to work here or they just don't know i mean they're still very particular about you know apply doesn't mean mm. you're gonna get hired right because they did definitely had at least a oh, one yeah, or two yeah. interview process mm -hmm. but they just said that their application you know were, were kind of low so hey people come on out it's approaching summer and I just thought, ding, 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 ding. I don't know. It was just one of those moments of, I'm doing it. Remember, I didn't even tell my mom. I just went and applied. Really? Yeah, because, you know, she wanted me driving the freeway. <laughs> 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 so she's like, why would you apply down there? And I'm like, because it's Disneyland. Well, you're going to have to drive the streets to get there. This is from Lomrod Anaheim. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Right. That didn't last very long. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that was just, okay, mom, I know you're gonna listen to this and you're gonna remember you said that. <laughs> so that's why I didn't tell her. She would have felt that was far. Mm -hmm. But I was like, um, I'm not gonna regret that move. I'm going to apply and I did. And I think I even interviewed and I think they called you and said, we would like to train you on blah, 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 whatever. These are your training days. Oh, okay. I should have been my first summer on Star Tours. Couldn't make those training days because I was doing finals, having finals in college. Oh. So they're like, oh, okay, we'll get back to you. And I was like, oh, no. Or I think they just immediately said, oh, okay, you can't do those days. Well, how about these three training days on Atopia? So I actually got moved to Atopia just because I wasn't available for the Star Tours training days. Oh, okay. Because it was another cast member who would be a trainer, mm -hmm. who was trained as a trainer, and then just train you on the ride. Right. So that's how I ended up with Atopia, because I had finals. 
Gotcha. That first summer probably would have been a little more pleasant if you hadn't had finals those days. I, oh. <laughs> no, that whole summer might have been pleasant because Star Tours is inside. Exactly. It's, yeah, so I was like, and, and what did I know? At the time, I was like, okay. <laughs> like an idiot. I'm like, all right, I'll take Utopia. And it was like, and then, of course, in hindsight, later, I was like, I don't believe I gave up the Star Tours <laughs> shift for, you know, smelling like gasoline at the end of the day and having the worst farmer's tan on earth. Right. Severe farmer's tan. I was damaged from that for m months after. It took quite some time to get rid of that. Oh, bad. Uh, you know, just stuff you didn't think about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, looking back on it now, I was like, cool, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what got me to apply. Okay. That made the move to get me to apply. Yeah. Like, low applications. I'm like, all right. Now, I'm sure they never had that problem since. It was just something they had on that local NBC Channel 4 News. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was the first time, or was there a time that you remember thinking, wow, I'm really doing it, or I'm doing something special being a part of this? Um... I mean, I liked my years as being a, a ride operator and stuff, but I do remember it being a magical period when I first started doing Jasmine. Mm. Because what made it really cool is I got hired as Jasmine, and during that rehearsal process, I was only a sub. So once I got through the rehearsal process, I was still just like an on-call sub. Mm -hmm. And then literally just a short time later, after the rehearsal process was over, their main Jasmine got hired to do Les Miserables. Oh, I remember wow. Kelly Harris, Kelly Waldansky Harris. And I remember seeing her at that audition too. And so she got swept away. Mm -hmm. So she was already kind of doing Belle, because remember Beauty and the Beast was still over at Fantasyland Theater. Right. But she was off on her way. So she, the cast A Jasmine spot was now open. Okay. So I, I, don't, I don't think it was offered to me first but it was dang close <laughs> and then i remember getting a call from a stage manager and said this slot has opened up would you like the four-day cast day spot so here is i mean green fresh kid had never done disney entertainment before it was sort of a bold move mm -hmm. and i knew it so that was another reason to keep my mouth shut with all the veterans Right. And I said, I'm going to get moved to the cast A spot. Holy crap. And I remember just talent booking was just like, you know, you're in it now. Congrats. You know, they're just making you, pumping you up. And it was that moment. And I remember just seeing my mom just be very genuinely happy. She's like, oh, you got this spot. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> she didn't say much. It was just that look in her face of like, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. That giddy, like, oh, my God, she's going to be a princess. You know, <laughs> that moment I was like, it's the, your first role. So sure. definitely those first couple months were, yes, like, <gasps> magical. <laughs> magical. Very cool. So, and that leads nicely into the question that I just thought of. You portrayed on stage three different princesses mm -hmm. at three different times. Who's your favorite Disney princess? Whether one of those or one that you can It's really hard to pick a favorite. That I do get asked. Uh-huh. And, God, I mean, I can't say I like one more than the other. Because they, they, you know, one was my first, mm -hmm. and one was just unbelievably fun, and one was challenging, like and had you grow as a performer, and it was all in that order. One was Princess Jasmine, and one was Ariel, and then one was 
Pocahontas, which mm -hmm. I just thought was like, that's it. That was the lead. Like, it was your show. Right. I'd say vocally, definitely like Pocahontas best, though. Okay. I thought at the time, after seeing so many kind of very sweet, very pop soprano -y voices that had been coming out, which was more of a struggle for me. Mm hmm Since, as you can tell already, I'm slightly edgy. Just a little tiny bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so I was like, always just the sort of edgy, just almost too edgy for mm -hmm. this stuff so i think that was like i just lucky i got hired but i thought when pocahontas came out i was like oh, finally a really like legit full sounding big musical theater voice mm -hmm. being judy coon doing the vocal track right and i thought oh my god i want to sing that that <laughs> i just i thought finally just again a princess with some real strength and maybe not so much feminine as just it's just strong, mm -hmm. bold. And so vocally, I was like, oh, I'm all over that. So I lo really loved singing that. Okay. So if I had to pick a favorite vocally, it was absolutely Pocahontas. Gotcha. Is there any that you haven't done that you would really like to? I always thought I was going to do Belle because I thought I looked like her more mm -hmm. naturally. I can see that. But not quite, not quite the vocal. Mm -hmm. Not quite the vocal. And I remember doing that audition, and that audition, I think, might have even happened after Jasmine or not. Again, it was another audition making it way, 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 way to the bitter end. I think I was just, I was still just too green, not a good enough actor, and not sweet enough sounding, though. Too edgy. Mm -hmm. Too much like Jill instead of too much like Belle. Okay. I got it. They'd always give you that little pep talk after, you know, and it's like, can I just go home and cry? Right. <laughs> <laughs> can, like I don't want to, you know. I, I know it's helpful and it's great, and they're gonna give you notes and it's great and it's fabulous. Like, can I just, I just need to go in my car and cry. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. all. Could you just mail me the notes? <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you just, you know, I just don't want to sit here. Yeah. But you're younger at the time. You're like, okay, okay, it's good, good. <laughs> Somebody just told me the other day, you know, even after a Disney audition, at our age, she said she's like, I did, I did, I, I didn't make it, and I went in my car and cried. Mm -hmm. Just just for whatever it is, just lands on the wrong day. It lands wrong for you that day, whatever. You know, sure. it never changes. And I was like, you're a pro. You still cried. I feel better about myself <laughs> now. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm not so crazy. I mean, I am, but there's more of you out there. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so of all the, the time that you spent doing all these different things, what did you love most about what you did? Um... Being, especially when it was a Disney princesses, it was just, what What could you complain about at the end of the day? It's just, you're do, playing a Disney princess. <laughs> right. You know, compared to whatever else, again, it's got that label, it's got that familiarity with the entire world. I mean, you could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. No matter how hard the day is compared to just any other show, whatever, at the end of the day, it's still Pocahontas, and it's still, it's, it, and, and it's, you're gonna live with it forever right so as much as there were years where you maybe tried to conceal it and didn't want to talk about it or it was not looked well upon whatever mm -hmm. you know at the time you know you go through your phases and now I'm at the time of life where I'm like darn right I did it and it's <laughs> fine what could you not be proud about you know because right. I'm working with so many young people just like oh you did really I'm like, yeah, and it was cool. I, I don't think it's anything to scoff at or be embarrassed about. Oh, yeah. So that's still, you'll always be Disney princess. Yeah, that, that's something to be said for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe anybody else might not look at it so 
wonderfully, but I'm like, no, no, it's how you view it. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, you've mentioned, kind of hinted at, and told some you know, stories here and there, but do you have any other that you haven't mentioned, favorite stories of yeah. magic, either from a guest that you did for a guest or vice versa? I mean, you know, there's, there were just always so many just daily ones when you're dealing with the guests and taking pictures with kids and always the kids starry-eyed. I mean, there, there's numerous mm. stories of that where you can't just forget about that or take it, you know, take it for granted. Right. There's always the funnier stories when, say, you're a character and you get your little private visits with kids usually that are with um, celebrities. Okay. And that was the one where Kathleen Turner had brought her child backstage on a very, very hot day, <laughs> Spirit Pocahontas. And again, she must have thought, it was like right after the 1 p.m. show, I'm sweating. Oh. I'm sure my eyelash is about to fall off. And they're like, Joey, we have VIP guests out here, you know, with, with their escort, you know, that okay. gets escorted around. You always see, you always knew that was a sign when you see like a girl or a guy show up and they're wearing the plaid, mm -hmm. and they got their little flag or something. You always were sure to look at who were following them because those were the, you know, the Michael Jacksons or the this or that, you know, right. trying to shave themselves. It was usually a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, who is it? I'm like, it's hot. I don't want to go out there. So I walk out there. And I see it's Kathleen Turner, and whoever her partner was at the time, father, whatever, it was a kid. And so again, she must have just thought I was, I was young and wouldn't know who she was. <laughs> but I mean, her voice is not put on at all. But so I come walking up to her, but just, just, just the way she says, she's like, hello, I'm Kathleen Turner. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted—I so uh, I so wanted to respond. I'm like, "Hello, I'm Pocahontas." <laughs> like, of course I know who you are. And then so I visited with her child and got the pictures, and and then I just started talking shop with her after. And she says, she's like, "Yes, you know, some Circle of Life videos that I went in and did some voiceovers for for some some Lion King, sorry, mm -hmm. Lion King stuff that went straight to video." Okay. You know, and she went in and was talking about she'd done more voiceover stuff for that. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, performing to perform a little bit, breaking the whole visual a little bit. Right. And, uh, you know, things like that are funny. The funny one, doing Ariel. Yes. Was always the late shows, but not necessarily late shows, all shows. Depended on the time. You know, you come out and you sing, you start mm -hmm. your song, you know, I want to be where the people are. You know, da, da 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 you know, what's that word again? Always the crowd shouts it out. There's always one or two, uh -huh. you know. And you know, what do you call him? Feet, you know. <laughs> and then you go, oh, oh, feet, you know. And you, you should just respond as, I was, I was never too much of a risk taker on that. I'd always just do what it was in the song. Oh, uh -huh. feet. The best one, though, was the closing show of that whole gig. Okay. And... The theater was pretty full. Friends, it's a crazy vibe. It's a good energy. Uh-huh. And guests and friends alike. But when it got to that part, you know, and everybody was, I mean, my, my hair blew back. It was so strong. Because, you know, <laughs> walking around on those, oh, what do you call them? And everybody's all, <laughs> And there literally wasn't time. I mean, I just went, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's all I could do is respond and say thank you back in the song. <laughs> But, it, again, besides them being rowdy and maybe drunk and this or that, but that kind of stuff, those guests that respond back, 
that's magical too mm-hmm. in a way you know regardless of of what the circumstances or who you know out there when they would respond back genuinely saying that feet or street or whatever of course you you have to look at them and respond back that right. was cute Takes it a little bit past just the performer on the stage and the audience sitting and watching and kind of makes it a joint experience. Yeah, I could have I could have really eaten that up more, but I was too young to really just sort of be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But it, I should have just played with that more. I mean, it's a sheer difference between what that is and then what the genie does at Hyperion. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's totally different and it's, it's rare mm-hmm. to have those positions. So whoever the genies are, man, just because you, you have the gig. <laughs> oh, yeah. and most of the time you can tell they know it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know how they keep a cap on the time length for that show. I, I mean, I was watching a video on YouTube the other day, and I was like, how long is this gag? Can it keep going? <laughs> like, do they not have to put that theater out and have another show? <laughs> and, you know, I'm not the stage manager, so. Yeah. And it's air-conditioned. The guests probably don't really want to leave. Oh, keep yeah. Going, oh, no, on, that's bring fine. It. But that was, a, I mean, literally, that was like a two-minute gag of whatever he does with Jafar at the time. And... I wasn't sure who the genie was, but I knew who the Jafar was. That's why I was watching it. And I, mm-hmm. He was trying to get him to break. And I'm like, this is two minutes long. <laughs> but the audience kept going. It was like mm-hmm. a long Eddie Izzard thing, man. It was like, <laughs> just like, dang. I guess I'm always at first kind of taken back by having mm-hmm. worked for the company and knowing what happens behind the scenes to see that kind of liberty happen. I'm like, yeah. oh, like no way. No way. <laughs> But the crowd will never know. That's right. That's right. Now, you've had a lot of jobs working for Disney, but if you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, doing anything, any role, what would it be and why? You know, at the moment, at the moment, I, I really can't think of anything. I mean, really, my answer is at this moment, Monroe's mm-hmm. Talk Group, this moment, I'm pretty satisfied and grateful. Okay. There's nothing, and unless it's something new that comes mm-hmm. along that it's a new show. There's something new, a new challenge, a new character that gets written. But anything that I look back on, there's nothing that I can think about and going, oh, I didn't do that, or I haven't done that, or no, I kind of covered all, cover all the bases. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm not saying, and again, not to say that I won't work for Disney again. Right, in case anybody from Disney's listening, yeah. you're not closing yes. that door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I need work. <laughs> I, I need a job. No, um, <laughs> But again, things like Voice of Liberty or Minnie's Fly Girl, stuff mm-hmm. that I can see as a possibility. But at the moment, no regrets. I'm totally satisfied and, and grateful. With Nothing outside the parks? Or... Nothing that really comes to mind. I mean, there's always the stuff of session work, recording stuff, you know, say, mm-hmm. like, say what, like, Laura Dickinson does and stuff. Right. But, but nothing specific that I know. I mean, you know, I just call up Laura and be like, hey, what do you got? Calls in. You know, because sometimes <laughs> she'll work as a contractor uh-huh. and call us in. And other than that, no, I'm... I'm content. Good. I'm content. That's a good place to be. Yeah. Even though it has been a little while <laughs> since you worked at the park, uh, do you have any tips that you might want to share with guests? Mm. Whether something from you know, what you had done or just generally what you know mm. that might help to you know, maybe make a guest visit a little bit better, something they hadn't really thought about. Yeah, I guess it's you know something that I know will, will always stay in date, it's not out of date with all the changes that have happened and things that you can do prior to your visit and look online and this and that and shows come and go. But the fireworks will always be there. Mm-hmm. And just know 
where to be when the fireworks start and to know that there's music a whole track playing in sync with what you see up above and if they still have Tinkerbell flying down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like you can give this piece of advice any year and it's good. Just make sure to plant yourself somewhere on Main Street or more so up at the hub, mm-hmm. which is you enter Main Street, walk all the way down, you have that round section of the hub. Just be there, be near the sound system, hear the music fully and it's an unobstructed view and just plan ahead for that. I promise you, I mean, yes, you can pretty much see the fireworks at any place, but you want that full experience. Mm-hmm. And since I'm such a sound geek snob and I want you <laughs> to get you to exactly where you're going to hear it right. at a maximum wonderful level is be on Main Street for that. Plan ahead and do that. And if you're there for the holidays, always see the Christmas parade. Always see the Christmas mm-hmm. parade. I'm sure it changes every year, but there's always some absolute things that get used in the Christmas parade I think every year and I always remember it just being the chimney sweeps Mary Poppins. oh yeah nothing is going to put you in the mood more than that Christmas parade mm-hmm. no one comes away turned away like that was horrible or you know <laughs> not like remember the electrical parade what what you know <laughs> is it whatever that new electrical parade ends is whatever disaster that yeah, was one year light tragic I'm sorry I mean like yes, magic yes exactly what yeah. what are you talking about I don't know <laughs> but your go to Christmas parade mm-hmm. always and prepare for that sit in the right spot and it's never a disappointment those are my tips those are good. I think you know, sometimes guests are like, well, there's so much to do. And yeah, I'm sure I'll be able to see the fireworks a, from, somewhere, a, from yeah. somewhere. They don't understand how important it is. No, go to so. where you want to hear the whole in sync of the music and what you're watching. Right, right. And just, you know, you're not standing in line. Just go, just go on Main Street. You cannot go wrong there. It's good. Yeah. It's good. That's me too. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, now... What do you never get asked that you wish people would ask you? You know, what my answer is, nothing. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I will give reason for that. Yes, please. Um, I've been asked a lot of things, and they're mostly, you know, they could be predictable or not. I mean, I'm not necessarily there to completely, totally please them. I mean, whatever they want to ask, mm-hmm. I would rather be shocked or surprised by their questions. I can't remember a time where I was ever talking with a guest in any situation going, oh, I can't believe they didn't ask this or that. I mean, they don't have to ask your name. You have a name tag. Right. So they always hopefully refer to you by name. Now they don't even have to ask you where you're from. You have it listed. You know what I mean? So those are basic things that they could ask, and it's mm-hmm. right there. They don't necessarily have to ask what department you're in. They might be able to completely tell by if you're driving around a cart and I'm escorting your group, I'm guest talent. Or um, I'm dressed in a wig, I must be pokey, you know. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's nothing I can think of. No, I would rather sit back and just let them ask and be, be shocked by a question I'd never heard before. <laughs> okay, and, and then even since then, like just as a performer, or the things that you're doing now, yeah. you pretty much, pretty much happy with what you get asked. Huh? Yeah, I no. mean, I think the crazier questions have never been asked to towards me at Disney. The crazier questions were always on cruise ships. Okay. That's when you get the questions asked, like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> You know, do you live here too? No, we get off at every port. And we only, yeah, we don't. No, no, there's that heliport up there. We get flown in. Yeah, know. they fly us in every day. Sorry, those are the questions where you're like, are you, you, you're mind boggling, baffling. 
that was such a wide variety. Disney was always very nothing, nothing shot, uh, nothing rude or nothing out of place. No. Mm-hmm. And I'd just rather be surprised by their questions. That's good. Okay. You know, if that's a, so the nothing is a good thing. Right. <laughs> when I said nothing. <laughs> In fact, I'd rather not have been asked half of these yeah, questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we, we have as much information right there that they don't necessarily have to ask any questions. Yeah, that makes sense. I would imagine it's at least some of the roles, some of the positions, there's only certain things you could answer. Oh, in in fact, yes. And, you know, we always have a standard answer if we didn't know and, you know, point with two fingers Mm -hmm. down to City Hall or wherever their location is. Whatever our department was, we would definitely know where to point them towards if we didn't know the answer. Or we'd get on the phone and call. Sure. Okay. Or hand them a brochure. (laughs) Here's a park map, here's a times guide, everything you you need to know right there. (laughs) And do it with a smile. That's right. (laughs) Um, What inspires you? You don't get to say nothing on this one. Yeah, nothing. I'm dead inside. (laughs) I have no soul. (laughs) I'm not really here. Um, I was thinking about that. I mean, what inspires you? I mean, that changes a lot, too. Depends on your state of mind, mood, what time of life you're in. Mm-hmm. What inspires me, like strength, mental, physical, like athletes. Okay. When I look at athletes and watching the Olympics mm-hmm. and everything it takes to get to that point, that one minute and all of that discipline and just all of that training and all that heart and sweat that they put in that. That's what I mean by an overall strength. I mean, that is inspiring. You is know. that part of what got you to uh, running marathons? A lot of it, a little bit. Definitely that kind of came first. I'm not sure what came first, but then getting into that and then watching the Olympics and doing that, and it all just kind of goes hand in hand. And it's a good mental training. Mm-hmm. What probably got me more in the marathons, I was, I was struggling with remembering words and stuff and things and lyrics. Okay. I was like, am I getting Alzheimer's? What is it? I don't know what it is. I'm like, just things are getting cluttered. You're getting too distracted. You get too distracted as you're getting older with too many elements of show mm-hmm. that you're involved with. And I said, I got to get back to basics, and I don't know how to do that. And marathon running, of course, or just long distance running is like, you got nothing to think of, which is utter focus on one thing only. Right. One thing encompassed in everything that's happening physically. But it's like, yeah, if I can. If I can run that marathon, I think I can go out and sing that two-minute song mm-hmm. and not panic. Right. I had to give past the panic thing, and it's, it's still a work in progress. Sure. But that's, you know, strength, all that discipline, driven individuals who really enjoy life, like to be around, because uh-huh. I'm always so dark sometimes and dark <laughs> humor. People who just know where they're going uh-huh. and are enjoying every, every minute of it is inspiring. Because I think that's kind of few and far between to find as you get older. True. And with all that, just confidence. That fades over time, believe it or not. Really? Okay. Sometimes it gets better and sometimes it gets clouded. Mm-hmm. So those are inspiring things. Yeah. You know, those are very generalized things, but put it to every aspect of your life. Sure. Yeah, they apply in so many different areas. So, good. And that actually leads pretty nicely into the next question. Because you've had some pretty dream roles, pretty pretty exciting things that you've done. And from, I want to work to, for Disney, to doing it, and then getting into entertainment, and 
you know, getting to kind of that pinnacle position, mm-hmm. uh, being in groove, and then yeah, that know, was going from there. So, you know, if someone were to say, "Hey, have you, you know, lived a dream?" Like, well, it's probably safe to say that at least to some extent that you have. Yeah, to some extent, especially as a child, a mm-hmm. childhood dream, yeah. definitely. And you know, I think a lot of people have those childhood dreams, and at some point along the way, someone tells them you know what, that's childish, you need to just put that away. That's just not going to happen, and so you need to grow up. And they forget. Mm-hmm. Or they get to be an adult, and maybe they they don't even know what that dream was, but they think, you know, I, I've got this one now, and I, I just can't do it. There's, mm. there's nothing I can do. What would you say to someone listening that has a dream and has either forgotten it or they think that it's just not going to happen? Yeah, I mean... Depending, you know, when you're younger, it could be fear. Mm-hmm. You get older, it gets forgotten. But in either case, especially if you're going to look at it as a dream, it's something that you obviously feel very passionate about. You feel very deeply about it. Chances are, if you really genuinely, deeply heartfelt go for it, whatever the dream is and go for it and give it an opportunity chances are you shouldn't have any fear of failure about it because chances are you're probably going to succeed at it i mean really you're not going to look back and go oh why did i do that you're just not Mm -hmm. i think you're going to be so much more satisfied that you did it and you felt so strongly about it that you're probably not going to fall on your face. I think so. At least that is sort of what's happened to me with things that I thought, this is, this is, usually if you're just in the mud and you just dive off the cliff, you're like, I'm gonna do it. Oh my God, there's so many things that can happen. For the most part, you really do land on your feet. You have to give it a chance and do it. Again, you're going to probably most likely succeed if it's something that means that much to you. Right. Uh, you will definitely guaranteed be sad and upset and unsatisfied and very unhappy if you don't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my teacher used to say, you know, well, if you don't go to the audition, pretty much guaranteed you're not going to get the job. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> if you go, you've given yourself that opportunity. If you don't go, what are you going to cry about? I mean, of course you're not going to get it. You didn't go. You right. Know? You're guaranteed not to get it. Yeah. But go. Go to the audition. Go to the job interview. Go apply for whatever position. Go make that phone call something just do it and you know at this point in life I'm seeing a lot of people in my profession now who are turning to other options other alternative choices you know for supplement income or just another career Mm -hmm. in combination of what they're doing with performing and certainly doesn't seem like it's too late they're just like I mean out of a need but obviously it was something that they felt a passion about as well people might just going back to school they're going back to school. And uh-huh. what's lucky is we all look so young. <laughs> we all still look so youthful that we don't look so, you know, we're not going to feel so uncomfortable if we are sitting in a class. Right. So they're going back to school to get an MBA or they're going back to school to teach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it is a cliche term to use. It's never too late. 
you know, because sometimes I even think it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. But really, overall, it's just not too late. Yeah. If you feel it, just do it. Just do it. Don't listen to anybody else is like, no. You're going to let them decide for you? No. I mean, you're going to beat yourself up enough as it is. Don't let mm. anybody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to just give yourself enough pain about it. You don't need to let anybody else do it. So, mm-hmm. And most likely, they won't. That's true. They yeah. won't. Yeah. That's my advice. That's good. Uh, in the episode of the podcast that came out today, my guest is Dean Gashler. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he shared when he was answering this question was a quote that was given to him by a friend that really ties into that. He said, never let someone who has given up on their dream talk you out of following yours. Well, yes. Yeah. I know. I mean, as bitter and maybe legitimate of their feelings, it is that decision of theirs shouldn't affect yours. And they yeah. shouldn't expect it to. Right. I mean, they should be able to express their feelings, but at the same time be like, but you do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. How often, and especially I would think in being a performer, you know, how often do you hear someone say, you can't do that, and what mm-hmm. they really mean is, I can't do that. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> it's true. Don't say those things. The interpretation and the effects of that can be devastating over time. So. Mm-hmm. And, you're going to say it to yourself and not 50 times a day. Right. So, yeah, don't even let anybody else. I mean, and to say as conservative as my parents have ever been, I don't think they ever said, never, don't do that. They didn't. So whatever they're actually thinking, I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's definitely times. There was one in particular time they came and watched Groove. And I think it was one of the patriotic songs I was singing. And I actually caught my dad sort of in the back looking really choked up. Mm. And I didn't get choked up, but I thought, oh, it's just one of those moments, too, of just like, I love this job. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, Guru was my baddest. I remember it was my first summer, too. I was like, this group is special. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I saw that go, like I said, I'm like, if I never come back again, I'm totally satisfied. Yeah, yeah, no argument there. I, no. You know, I said earlier in, in the introduction that Groove was my favorite performing group here, and, and really one of my favorites of all time. Oh, did you sign the petition that was out when we got let go? You know, I think I did. The petition had thousands of signatures mm-hmm. on it. Of course, it didn't amount to what they had hoped for and uh, I heard all the same reasons of why the show wasn't brought back for all the same reasons of every other Disney show mm-hmm. I just it just didn't fall on a good timing for us yeah because it was definitely oh it was a, such a favorite and now with the growth of even more popularity of, of acapella mm-hmm. god you would think they'd bring us back now I'm like come on bring us oldies back come on we got charts, man. Do it. Oh, <laughs> man, if they brought that back, but I'd know what they would be doing or what they would look for. I don't know. It'd be nice maybe to come back as like a, another part of it, like a like a musical director or something, mm-hmm. you know, play another role in, in mounting the show. Sure. You know, that's something we've gotten more into, like 
behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I guess that just comes with the experience or no one else wants to do the job. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just, you know, we're leaders. We're like, hey, I'm not going to get up and do all that dancing, but I'll tell you where to go. Right. So, nice. oops. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the last question that I've got for you, it's ah, shameless plug time. Shameless plug time. I know, it's what oh, you've been waiting you for have the a, whole time. You should have a jingle. I should. Shameless plug time. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug moment. Just I like this that. Cheesy, just like like an NBC. <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah. But what is my shameless plug? Um, well, one of the things I do now that actually I'm loving it, and it does involve being on stage and backstage with like production coordinator work is I'm um, mm -hmm. with a group called Musical Theater Guild and it's in Los Angeles and it's all company members of just the heaviest, best, blow your mind uh, theater actors who yeah. happen to reside in LA but these are theater actors who have huge credits, have done Broadway this, that and mm -hmm. they just all want to get together and do some more stage readings of more unknown or maybe less popular, less known shows. Hmm. Put them on their feet, give everybody a chance to see. That's where that song came from. The rest of the show sucked, but that song, <laughs> oh my God, that's the song that, you know, that. Right. You get to see why things took off and not. And hmm. it's just things that aren't overdone, so it's nice to kind of dig into roles that really haven't been tampered with too much, and you have to do it this way or that way. You can be a little more creative with this stuff. Uh-huh. And so I've done some shows with that and done some production coordinator shows with it because, okay. again, we're a company. We do all things okay. behind the scenes and up on stage. Mm -hmm. And there's a show called Call Me Madam, and it was kind of a show sort of written for Ethel Merman back in the 50s. Wow. So it was on stage, and they actually made a film of it. And so that show's coming up. And uh, so what is it? November 19th and 25th. I'm in the ensemble. But you must come see it because they're gonna make me dance. <laughs> it's like, how old am I now? I'm suddenly like chorus girl. And they look at you, they're like, oh, you're a dancer, right? And I'm like, how old do you think I am? And you think I'm a dancer? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, fine. <laughs> sure, I'll do it. Sure, I'll do it. You yeah, know, whatever. Don't make me do any Fosse, because then it'll be blatantly obvious how much of a dancer I'm not. So no Fosse. You know, anything really upright, great. Uh, so, so I'm doing an ensemble for that one, but the rest of the season is great just look in you can find musical theater guild on facebook find all the advertisement for us but it's just great we have one show in glendale and then one show out in thousand oaks okay so that's really the next thing that's coming up gotcha and then they're doing chess in february hmm <laughs> if you can all see my pinky finger go to my lips and go hmm <laughs> so you know good shows coming up and in fact there's even a show coming up after that a catered affair and I'll be doing uh, production coordinator work for that oh nice okay so that's always good to be on the other side too mm -hmm. be on the other side of the audition table the other side of the phone calls the other side of everything you know right. makes you a much more calmer well-rounded performer mm -hmm. So now, do you have these listed on your website? I do. Okay, good. I do. Oh, that's, oh, I forgot. Oh, it's out of the bag. Our cast list only came out a couple of days ago. So, yes, if you go to my website, it'll all be on there after okay. 10 p.m. tonight. And, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. But, yeah, I do have an appearance page that lists all my latest appearances and stuff. Okay, good. I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes so people can go and get the yes. full list there. So, and then I know Vibration, which Groove vibration. 66 became Vibration, uh -huh. and you guys are still doing things. Yeah, we have some, some school shows, probably some holiday stuff coming up. 
oh, in December. Okay. The new start of the school year. We have some other stuff coming up there. And, and you know, we did finally come out with our CD last year. Yes. Has that been given to you? It has not. Oh, my goodness. So I'll have to get that CD to you. But we do have a, a finally had come out, you know, 10 years later with our debut CD. <laughs> so that, that is available. Websites are up and running for that as well. Good. Awesome. Anything else, or have we covered everything? I don't want to that's cut you off. Here. No, that's the thing that's coming up. You can find everything website, find all those funny clips on uh, YouTube, <laughs> posted by either my mother or myself or fans, you know, lots uh -huh. of clips on there. And um, if you're a fan of White Collar, the finale episode that just came out maybe a month ago, that had a version of Java Jive, a quartet that was singing it. That was Laura Dickinson, myself, Brian Chatama and other friend of ours, singer Bob Joyce, it opened up the show. Wow. And I was like, so, the, so getting into that kind of session work, you know, it's like, oh, uh -huh. those voices, it's awesome. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. That's pretty know. exciting. So yes, and then, then we'll, we'll come in and do your shameless plug jingle. <laughs> That's awesome. You got, I mean, you gotta keep the show evolving, so. Oh, absolutely. Having guests come back and do little things to add to your show. Mm -hmm. There it is. Definitely. All right. Okay, well, Thank you very much. Thank Bill. you. I hope this all comes out. I do too. We've been recording in kind of a offset lobby type area of the Grand Californian. So <laughs> the various sounds you've been hearing as you're listening are guests <laughs> coming to and from their rooms and walking down hallways. Kids and running and screaming, running away. <laughs> right. And tonight's one of the Halloween parties. You should see some of the costumes I've seen walk by. <laughs> I know. I mean, somebody dared to walk by. She was Belle. <laughs> what is she thinking? <laughs> what is she thinking? What kind of yellow dress was that? I know. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, again, thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Through. 
Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077th podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because, we're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts. Yep, like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows. Like Lost? Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written. And we'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why? Just because. Visit us at justbecausepodcast.com and in iTunes. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Jill Burke for being my guest, and to you for listening. Next week is our Thanksgiving show, November 23rd. I still need a bit more from you, the listeners, to have a typical length show, but we're pretty close, so if you haven't got your story or words of appreciation in, now is the time. No matter who you are, call or write in and express your gratitude and appreciation for anyone or anything Disney. If you've had a special experience with a cast member or guest at a theme park, call or write in and tell us about it and say thank you. If you've got a favorite character, call or write in and thank the people who brought that character to life. If you have a special place in your heart for a certain movie, animated or live action, call or write in and express your gratitude to the people involved. If you're a fan of any of the Disney parks, the Disney Cruise Line or even Adventures by Disney or Alani, call or write in and tell us why. I'd love to have that full show just Thanksgiving. So email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY. As always, you're welcome to remain anonymous if you want to, but if you have your own blog or podcast, feel free to mention it when you call or write in. You have until November 20th to get those into me, so don't wait. And feel free to send in as many as you want. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Stories of the Magic, you have a chance to win some money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. Download it. It's free, and it just takes a few seconds. Then, during registration, hit the promo code box and enter Magic Stories to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episode of the show will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. All available on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Magic Stories, all one word, when you register. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes. Those ratings help make the podcast more visible there, so it's easier for people to find. Leaving a rating and a review will only take a couple of minutes, and I'd be very grateful to you. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. 
Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Finally, remember that this episode has been brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching. If you feel like you're just going through the motions, living in a fog with no clear idea of why you're here and what you're supposed to do, maybe even wasting your life, then it's time to take steps to change your life and be transformed. Live your life with purpose, clarity, direction, and meaning. To find out more about Leaving Conformity Coaching and how I can help you, access some free resources and read my blog. Visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com, for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.